Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Gillian McMichael. Thank you for joining me today for the final episode of Season 3. As our exploration of love draws to a close, I'm pleased to welcome my final guest to the show, an inspiring woman who has defied the medical odds to live a life that seemed impossible for her to live. After Virginia Oman was diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis in 1988, which then soon developed a secondary progressive MS in 2003, she watched her body decline and lost all hope of having a meaningful future. But rather than let her diagnosis shape the rest of her life, she developed her own tools in hopes of improving her condition. What she found was much more than just improvement and empowerment. She completely transformed her life, not only to a place of total health, but she has now more energy and enthusiasm for life than ever before. In fact, she's even able to ride a bike again, which her doctors and medical professionals said would be impossible. Today, she's a licensed therapist and life coach, helping to transform lives through her specialized knowledge of the mind-body connection and positive psychology. Her passion is to share her knowledge and techniques with others so that they too can transform the impossible and find a life of health, joy and fulfillment, no matter what seems to be standing in their way. Virginia is here to share how she was able to transform her health and fall in love with her life again after it seemed impossible to do so. But before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you about the retreats I'm hosting in Mallorca, Spain this coming May and June, where I hope you too will fall back in love with your life and yourself. If you're looking to reconnect, rediscover and reaffirm who you are, or you're a coach who wants to advance their coaching practice, I hope you'll consider joining me for one of my personal development retreats. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for more information on each one. Until then, I'm excited to introduce you to Virginia. Sit back and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Virginia to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm delighted that you've joined us today because we're talking about the theme of love. And today's conversation is going to be about falling in love with yourself again. And I know you've been on a tremendous journey and I'd love you, first of all, to welcome into the show. And then hopefully we can share your story with our listeners and they, I'm sure, will learn an awful lot from what you've experienced and what you've been through. So welcome. Lovely to meet you. Well, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. I love getting or sharing my message, especially if it can reach people in need. And I appreciate the theme of your podcast. I think it speaks to a very important message to be in love with your life and you know sometimes life throws enough stuff at us that it makes that sometimes very difficult it certainly does absolutely so why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us just where you are at the moment in your life yeah i um, am currently in the surrounded by the blue ridge mountains of north carolina i am a transformational coach and but I will get to that far later down the road I want to back up to what what came first before all of this Uh, way back in 1988 
I was diagnosed with MS, which is a neurological condition that takes, can take away your ability to walk and balance. So I had been pretty athletic in my life, so this was not a good match for me. It was very disheartening. So I listened to what the medical establishment was, was recommending, and I followed everything they said. And I watched as my body slowly started to decline and decline to the point where I ended up in a wheelchair with no ability to walk. And then I could no longer participate in the things that I love to do. Uh, I could barely work. I had no energy. It robbed me of all of that. And I got to a point of such bleakness, a kind of despair I'd never gotten to, because I thought, well, this if this is a progressive disease, this is not good. I mean, if things are horrible now, then do I really want to remain on the planet? That was how the depth of that despair, it got me to that point of really seriously questioning that. And it was a horrible oh, place to gosh. be. I can imagine. I mean, that must be, as you said, that was quite a dark, maybe a dark place in terms of of that so before you got sick mm -hmm. had you seen any symptoms or signs of illness before you not got really I, I started having classic symptoms of ms but unfortunately it took them a while to get me to somebody who was competent enough to mm -hmm. diagnose it but no yeah right. it just kind of came on okay and then when you said, obviously, that they tell you it's a progressive disease mm -hmm. and that taking away, obviously, like you said, you ended up in a wheelchair, but that sense of you not being able to do all those physical activities that you did before mm -hmm. and live your life in the same way, that impact of just receiving that news, first of all, with that diagnosis, what happened at the time there for you? How did you feel? Oh, God, I, I just felt like I got kicked in the stomach when they said that. And I remember the doctor I remember we looked at her and I said, well, now what? And I remember her saying, if I were you, I'd, I'd, I would look at getting a wheelchair. And I couldn't believe it. And I, I remember a voice inside me. Thank God this voice was there. It was my intuition. And it said, there's no damn way I'm going to be in a wheelchair. I was absolutely firm on that. But I have to say, looking back, the average person, if a, if a person follow, you know, believes that, that medical advice is gospel, or when they don't have a supportive partner or system around them, they could very easily take that advice. And then they go out and they get a wheelchair, the wheelchair's in their home, they see it every day, they pass by it and they think, oh, that's where I'm going. It's a horrible thing when a medical person does that. I know they're trying to mean well, but it's a horrible, the effects are, are really detrimental. And so I, but I still, I, I was, I didn't see the effects for many, many years to come, but they finally caught up with me. So what happened for me was, I got to a point where, you know, I delayed it for a long time because I kept being active, but it eventually caught up with me. And then when I watched my body decline to the, that point and got to the point of thinking, I'm not sure I want to be here anymore, 
there was a voice in me, that same voice, intuition, that shouted to me, you have nothing left to lose. Let's try listening to your body. So that's what I did. And I listened to what my body was telling me that it wanted. I didn't listen to what the medical establishment was saying anymore. I listened to what my body was saying. And I devised a plan. I tracked it every day, followed the plan. And I utilized also the incredible mind-body connection that I was learning about. And I combined all these things into a plan and I followed it. And I did not see immediate results. No way. It was very long. But in, in fact, I think I was mentioning this to you earlier. I uh, couldn't even, I didn't even have the leg strength at that point when I went into a pool. I couldn't even kick. I had no leg strength to do that. And so to get to one end of the pool to the other, I had to develop this kind of dolphin torso stroke through the water, which is exhausting. It's still so exhausting. I haven't found anybody else that can do it. But that's that was my only way to, to propel myself through the water. And I started there. And it, at the end of this, if you go to my website, anybody can see me demonstrating this stroke that I used to get myself through the water. And I started there. I just kept at it. And even though I did not see results, I refused to give up. I refused to give up because I wanted to live. I wanted my body back. <laughs> I can hear that so strongly. Oh my I'm gosh. actually so glad that you listened to your body. So tell me, I'm really curious, what at that point when you tuned into your body and mm -hmm. you started to pay attention, what was it screaming at you? What was it telling you? Well, because I had been fairly athletic before, it wanted to move. It wanted to move. It wanted to be challenged. And the medical establishment at that time was saying, don't do that. Don't overexert. You can do yoga, but that's about it. You can, you know, range emotion stuff. That's about it. And there's nothing wrong. I love yoga. Yoga is fantastic. But I wasn't a yoga person. That's not where I was at. My body wanted to move and be challenged. And so it's different for everybody. You know, another person's body might not say that. It might say it needs something else. But for me, that's what my body was saying. So I just honored it. And I, because it kept saying that's, that's what it wanted, I kept listening to it and kept showing up. And I kept doing this day after day after day. And eventually, I started to notice that I had more energy. Well, that was huge because one of the big things MS can rob a person of is having any energy to do anything, including work. I was taking naps a lot. So when I noticed that, I thought, well, that's incredible. We'll see if that's a result of actually what I'm doing. So I kept at it. And then I noticed not only more energy, but I noticed my body started to move longer and have a little bit more strength in the water. Very slow increments, but 
kept at it, kept tracking, kept at it, kept tracking, and also utilizing the mind-body techniques that I was reading about and so powerful in terms of mindset and, and attitude. So I utilized all these things that got me eventually to a place where I am now not only walking, but I am hiking with lightweight hiking poles. And I am now riding a two-wheel bicycle, again, unassisted, which is something my doctor said was impossible. Don't even try to do it. Do it. But I worked at that for 11 and a half months, utilizing my plan, and I'm there. And you'll see, you'll see if they go to my website, they can see a video of me doing these things. So tell me, Virginia, then, obviously, just let's go back just a little bit, because it's, it's tremendous what you've achieved. And I just want to say, obviously, amazing. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that the first thing was to pay attention to the body, to listen to what it was telling you, to intuitively listen at that deeper level. What I'm also hearing you say is that, that it's that combination of, of, first of all, starting off with a plan, step by step, slowly but surely. And then I'm hearing you say, well, actually, it's not just about the physical strength, but it's also about your mindset and your mental strength. So tell me about that aspect of your kind of, I suppose, rehabilitation in many ways. What happened there with your mindset? You know, mindset is almost even more of the equation than the physical aspect of it. Because the mindset is your belief about what you want, how badly you want it, and what you're willing to do to get it. And when you start seeing results, and you can only get results by doing this, but also tracking. If you're not tracking, you don't know what's really going on, So, or if you're getting anywhere. And it's amazing what happens when you start to see little results. It gives you so much momentum to keep moving forward. And just the mind attitude of perception. How am I seeing the day? How am I approaching my day? How am I approaching this? Am I approaching this as work and drudgery I have to do every day? Or am I approaching it as an opportunity to get my body back, to get my life back? And what, a, how grateful I am for this opportunity. And to en actually enjoy the process. You get to the point, it doesn't happen right away, you get to the point when you start seeing these results where you start enjoying the process because you know it's the process that's getting you the results. It's not yeah. luck, it's the process of what you're doing every day yeah. that's getting you there. I can hear that. And, and I, what I can hear in your voice as well is that sense of determination and commitment. And I think that is, very, you know, it's, it's a real honorable skill and quality to have because not everybody can share that same mindset potentially as what you've just described. Because as we know from our human behavior, we can find ourselves in circumstances or even mindsets where we perhaps are not able to do that to begin with. And as you said, you know, it takes time and a commitment, but we cannot always necessarily see the benefits of that leaning into that process and, and that healing process through mm -hmm. you 
putting in the effort. And, and I think what stood out for me out of all of that is you said that you can't see the difference if you're not tracking. And so tell yeah. me how you tracked your uh, measured, because in essence, it's like measuring your success, isn't it, in a way, each time you do something. Yep. Yeah. Tell me more about that. And the line to success doesn't, you know, we'd love for it to just be a straight line up. It's yeah. not. <laughs> it's, it's not always like that, though. No. <laughs> it's kind of squiggly. Yeah, some days are a little better. But if you stick with it over time and chart it, it will. You'll see that it is a line that goes up over time. Most people, yeah, if they don't see the results early enough, they get discouraged. They think this doesn't work and they give up. And that's really a travesty. Um, you also said something that is reminded me the importance of what's called grit. People in, I study a lot with self-development, especially now, and people in the field of success in any field know that really research shows that it's not intelligence, it's not background, it's not where you came from, it's not any of that that makes the difference of who's successful and who's not. It's grit. Do they have unwavering resolve? Do they believe in their passionate goal? Do they want it badly enough? Are they unrelentless? Are they, maybe I should say, are they relentless? You know, are they, uh, un, what I am is unstoppable. You know, and I repeat those words to myself every day when I'm out hiking and lifting my legs, you know, and it's, it's still, it's an effort to lift those legs, but I do it and I say those words over and over, unstoppable, limitless. Yeah, and there's something very, very powerful through that intention setting and being reminded, like you said, really connecting to what those words actually mean yeah. to you. Yeah. And really making them meaningful and significant. So when you do use them, they resonate and they really do the job that they're meant to do, which is the motivational piece I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hearing. And I think your point there around grit, I think it's a really interesting word and it's a very powerful word because in today's society, you know, we can easily give up when we get that first hurdle or we get knocked back yeah. or and we do kind of waver and fall back into. And I don't know whether that's to do with our ego or our mindset or whatever it is, but that sense of perhaps that, well, maybe that's where I need to be because that's what's keeping me safe. And actually what I'm hearing is that you've broken down your barriers, gone beyond the safety of what the medical profession were giving you. Mm -hmm. And you found your own safety in exploration of your body mm -hmm. and your mind. Yeah. And refusing to take no for an answer, willing to take risks, you know, any, any form of change requires discomfort, right? But that's how we get from point A to point B, even when we learn to walk, that's what is required. We get up, we take a risk, we fall down, we get up, and if we do that enough times, as we do as, as little infants, we learn to walk. But they kept at it, that's, that's the key. They believed in wanting to get from point A to point B, and they did it. It's interesting because I've just been delivering a training course today and we've been talking about something similar, you know, taking it step by step as you've just described. But this sense of not allowing fear mm -hmm. 
to keep you literally paralyzed, but, but stopping yourself in your tracks. And actually on the other side of that fear, through taking that risk of embracing and leaning into it, comes, as you've said, is that success. But more to the point, is the growth and the learning that comes from yeah, those exercises. Yeah, and, and increased self-esteem. Your self-esteem just starts to blossom. Your self-confidence, uh, you just, life starts opening up. So what happened for me was when I started having, after I started having all this incredible success, what I wanted to do is share it with people in need because I didn't want anybody else to get to that point of despair of losing hope, no matter what the obstacle is. It could be depression, it could be a loss, could be just feeling stuck in life, could be something even more traumatic. But what I do, and now this is what I've devoted my life to, I have a, a private practice in life transformation. And so I work with people and share these tools so that they too can overcome anything that they want to overcome and live a life of joy and meaningfulness like never before. And your, you know, your whole theme of falling in love with life again, that's where I'm at. I have more, like I said in the beginning, I have more joy and passion and gratitude for life than ever, ever before. Can I ask you, though, just before we move yeah. into what you do now to help others, sure. there's a couple of things. One is, were you this determined before you got this diagnosis? Were you always this determined and committed to your goals? I don't think so. I don't rem remember being that, that much. Maybe I was. I certainly went through a very difficult early childhood, um, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of hopelessness. But when you lose, something happens when you lose your life. And especially being attached to my body um, and knowing how wonderful it is to move my body, when I lost that ability, it wasn't just for sports, you know, not being able to do that, but ability to participate in, in group activities, ability to have, have enough energy to participate in any kind of event without feeling like you're falling asleep all the time, losing my ability to work. I mean, that's, that happened to me. I lost my ability to work. I lost my ability, therefore, to be able to afford my home. So I lost my home. I mean, I, I went through a period of lots of loss at the same yeah. time. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, I, I've not been through an illness, but I have experienced loss of home and loss sure. of other things throughout my lifetime. And it is very traumatic. It is. Um, but on top of that, you've also got the illness on top of that, which makes it even harder. It's hard enough, <laughs> you know, so I can't imagine what that must have felt like at the time for you. But what I'm also hearing from you as you've come through this transition and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just getting a sense of compassion. And I'm curious around, because I'm a strong believer that if you lead with love rather than fear and give yourself that kind of compassion and self-care, you know, you can change and adapt and survive and thrive, actually. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm wondering, did you, when you were going through this process of learning to swim again and to cycle and to literally walk again, how much compassion did you give yourself through that process? 
That's an interesting question for me because I'm very driven to get what I want when I want to stay alive on this earth. So, and that's what I wanted most of all, but was to have a meaningful life. But I think the whole process for me of turning my ear inward to listen to my body, to listen to my intuition, that's a form of compassion. That's a form of loving self. And we need that to overcome anything. And, you know, with, when my, with my work with individuals now, we do a lot with self-compassion and a lot with gratitude because gratitude will bring you very quickly to a state of compassion, not only for yourself, but for all of life. And that's so necessary for healing and for living a, a joy-filled life. That's exactly what I was just going to say, because for me, when you embrace gratitude and you live with gratitude and you show gratitude, it also brings that real sense of deep joy, yep. doesn't it, into our lives as yes. well? So through this process, because I'm really keen to understand now, because I'm a transformational coach too, and I'm always interested to hear how other transformational coaches work and how they serve and, and support their clients. But is there anything that jumps out to you as being one of the, the maybe more significant or meaningful learnings that you'd share with our listener? Lots of them. The first one that comes to mind is when you have been given a diagnosis of a chronic progressive illness. You enter a special category of people on the earth who, if you listen to the lesson of what that journey is telling you, you'll find that you have been given a gift. And that gift is to appreciate and know the true value of time more than other people on the earth. It's one thing, you know, when you're not in that category, you can conceptualize that appreciation and the sacredness of time. Oh my gosh, you can. But it's not, it's not something that's within this part of you, the spirit part of you. Um, and I can't really describe that. It's just something that one experiences when, when you get to that place. That's one of them. But also to know that you are, we are all here to give to this universe in some way, to give our special gift. And you have that inside yourself all the time. And the thing to do is to be able to see it, to listen to yourself, to get with your intuition and Uncover that, uncover whatever the blocks are that makes it hard for you to, to tap into that. And then go and express that and give that back to the universe. Because it's with the giving of love, giving of this vibrant energy that we all have, that it comes back to us. And that is our healer. That is our birthright. And that's what makes the web of life continue on and be so amazing, the, the web of love. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I absolutely share the same beliefs and thought processes just in terms of what you share, the philosophy of that. And I, I do feel that is very, very important. So tell me then, when we think about, because obviously there's, there's love in there, there's gratitude, yeah. there's a joyfulness around this sense of giving and receiving, you you know, kind of what you put out in the world, you you do from the universe, you receive back. Yeah. I think that universal exchange is something that we don't always connect with. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, and when you're working with your clients, right. how do you help them connect with that aspect? Well, a lot, a lot of what I do since um, one of my careers is I'm a licensed mental health therapist. So I help people lean into and identify what it is inside them that might be a blocking belief about them. We all have them. We all have them. Most of those blocking beliefs come from long, long time ago, and they're so familiar inside our subconscious, we don't even know that we're thinking them on a continuous basis. And so one of my first areas is helping my individuals, to we go in and identify what those are. We listen to them. We allow them to express themselves and fill them with compassion and love so that we can heal those and move on from those and not carry them into our future. It's very hard to develop positive affirming beliefs about and being optimistic if inside of you you're carrying internal subconscious beliefs like I'm not important I'm not good enough Um, these are some very common things that I see with people I work with and so we work on those first and then everything else from there can fall into place Um, the tools that I give them to work with beyond that, can then take hold. Lovely. And I think that is the sense of true transformation, though, right? Is that, you know, because for me, what I'm hearing, and it's very similar to the work that I do, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting a sense from the work that you've just described there, is that you're taking your client on a journey to reconnect with themselves internally first, Mm -hmm. before then they can make the changes that they need to yeah, make in absolutely. that external world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, any meaningful change has to come from within. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's such an important journey. And the work that you do and the work that I do, I know is very, very important. And we may do it differently, but I think there's a lot of similarities. So if somebody was to come to you and they wanted to maybe explore some of those inner blockers, the mm-hmm. things that perhaps are, are, are kind of keeping them stuck in that maybe pattern of behavior, a particular mindset, a way that they view the world mm-hmm. or see the world or experience the world. What is your process with them? Because one thing that you said earlier on was that the process really helped you. So mm-hmm. I'm curious how you use your process to help your clients. Yeah, well, as far as my mental health therapy process, I've been doing this work for over 30 years. And so I've been fortunate enough to be able to narrow down what works with people and then leave the rest behind. And so in exploring and acknowledging and getting to these negative self-beliefs, getting beyond that, the another aspect of my work, the first part of that is kind of regular psychology, 
helping remove blocks and obstacles to get a person out of a place of darkness or anxiety. But where I differ from that is I also go beyond that and I offer positive psychology. And that is the approach that was developed in the early 1990s. That is the study, and there is research study, of what it is that makes people flourish. What is it that makes people happy? And that's where my work comes in. So I add those tools to a person's arsenal and so that they can expand and live a life of, you know, one of the things I love about my work with people is I get to see this process. I get to watch them come from a place of just darkness or lack of hope, um, smallness, I should say, and then blossom into this amazing person who realizes their potential and just experiences all of a sudden they have this love and joy for life that they didn't have before. It's a lovely process to witness. I'm very fortunate to do the work that I do so that I can see this with people. And I love being able to have graduation ceremonies with my clients. You know, they, they come through this process, they get to where they want to be, and then they don't need me anymore because they've gotten to where they wanted to be. And then they can always check in with me. You know, a lot of my folks come back and have a one to two month check-in, or they want to work on something else, another goal. But it's lovely to be able to see the fruition, this process of a client coming in, moving through this journey, getting to where they want to go, and then graduating. Lovely. I love the sound of the graduation. I think it's a really kind of mark of a celebration yeah. of where your clients have got to by the sounds of things. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, very important to support a client even to support yourself actually in terms of recognizing what you have accomplished and where you were to where you are now and I think that's a very important part isn't it of the experiential journey that goes with transformation yeah now as we're talking around falling in love with your life again and I know you are back in love with your oh, life yeah. again but I, I'm curious about what your take is on that topic just in terms of that statement of falling in love with your life again from your own belief systems and from your own perspective, how important do you think that is for us all as human beings? I think it's everything. I think it's our birthright. I think when you and I were talking earlier before we started recording, you know, I was mentioning that most infants, as we come into the world, and if we're given a decent, loving, you know, supportive enough environment, our natural birthright is that we become early on, these little tiny infants, and we're looking at the world bright-eyed, and we're exploring, and everything is magical around us, and we're curious, and we're, we don't have any fear or hesitation. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. That's our birthright, and that's the kind of in love with life that I've gotten to now. I didn't have that before this journey the gift of going through these challenges that I've gone through has given me that capability to have this new gratitude and love of life that I never had before, even when I thought I had it all. 
So it's this wonder and this magic and appreciation for, I mean, every day. I, I live my life with gratitude every moment. And people think, you know, I drink, drank some Kool-Aid or done something really <laughs> bizarre, um, or I'm just not aware of what's going on in the world. But I'm aware of what's going on in, in the real world. That's how yep. I feel about yep. it. Thank you, because you've shared a few words there that jumped at me, is the wonder yeah. of the world that we live in. And I think there's something that we forget how marvellous and how wonderful just that exploration and discovery is. And I think the other thing is that curiosity. And I think, especially as we get older, because of whatever's happened in our life, just the conditioning, the labels and the roles we end up falling into and so forth, I think we can lose that curiosity and we can just play the role and we forget to look beyond at times. And I think that wonder and curiosity, I think, are some key ingredients to mm-hmm. falling back in love Yes, with your life again, or even with yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, you know, I, when I work with my folks, I, I work on the holistic wheel of their life on a daily basis. And one of those segments is passion, wonder, you know, whether it's through getting reacquainted with painting or clay work or writing, or there's so many ways to explore the wonders of life, nature. There has to be this well-balanced aspect of living. It's not just physicality and it's not just mental health. It's all eight components that we work on. Yeah, and it feels like the work I do is very holistic in that way. So you're working with the whole and beyond the whole in terms of the whole person, but also the the wider connection to those other things that you've described. And, you know, joy kind of sprung up quite a few times from our conversations so far. And I feel to live a joyous life, then you're right, we have to go back to maybe connecting more with those passions, those things that we enjoyed in maybe even our younger life you know as an adult we forget you know and and when I did this exercise for myself many many years ago after my big kind of wake-up call the universe maybe give me a push or a big nudge and um, I did have to start again that was one of the things that I sat down and did and I wrote a list of all the things that brought me joy when I was younger and it was the most amazing experience to do that and I think we forget we do that just doing something for the fun of it or for the joy or for the pleasure, as you've described, is painting, yeah. being out for a walk in nature. It could be riding your bike. And I remember as a youngster, riding my bag with my, my legs out wide and and letting the, the, the wind kind of come out, you know, kind of go blow on your face. And it was just so liberating. And, and those moments, those are the things that we forget. And I think the work that you're doing seems to reconnect people with some of those aspects of themselves that perhaps they've forgotten about. Yeah, absolutely. We work on those and we schedule them in. You know, I help a client to not only identify what those things are, but to schedule them in on their in during their week so that they're actually not thinking about these things, but they're actually doing them. And it makes such a difference to our state, our mind state, which determines how we feel every moment. 
and determines how I, our bodies function. Yeah, and I think that connection then also, as you've described before, the mind, the body, mm-hmm. and the emotional aspects, there's that combination of everything that I think, as you, what I'm hearing you say is that if we can find that balance that is meaningful to us as a human being, in my life, in your life, in your clients' lives, mm-hmm. then that feels like that's a very important ingredient to have when falling in love with your life again. Thank you. And thank you for bringing up the mind-body again. I also want to say, if people go to my website, they will be able to read a free document that I wrote on the mind-body connection. And I encourage them to do that. It's, It's my take on it. And it'll give them actually some, not only additional insight into what it is, but how to utilize it. And also realize they there have they have things to they can look around when they get to my website, including blogs and a video of me doing the things that I'm talking about <laughs> um, and walking. Yeah, but also they can always have a free consultation with me. I offer that for anybody. So just while we're on your website, do you want to share your website with us. So if people did want to find out more about you and to get in touch, where could they do that? My website is my name, which is Virginia, B-I-R-G-I-N-I-A, like the state of Virginia. And my last name, which is Oman, O-M as in Mary, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy. So it's virginiaoman.com. Amazing, Virginia. And so just before we wrap up our conversation, and first of all, I just want to say thank you. It's been wonderful talking to you and absolutely an admiration of your grit and your amazing determination to live your life on your terms in the way that you want to. So I want to say thank you so much for sharing and inspiring me, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well, if not all of them. Tell me then, when you reflect back, if you was to take anything with you as a bit of advice, or a top tip, or a top few tips, what would they be? There's so many. (laughs) Uh, You are limitless. You are... Wonderful. You are limitless. Um, You know, one of my favorite quotes is from a person I greatly admired, Bruce Lee, who said, there are no limits. There are only plateaus, and you must not stay there. You must go beyond them. Amazing. Thank you. What wonderful advice to part with and to conclude our conversation. Thank you, Virginia. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks so much for sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for providing this opportunity. And uh, I wish everyone well, happiness, love. Thanks for tuning in. I'd love to take a moment and tell you about our wellness retreats that will be happening in May 2022 in Mallorca, Spain. My team and I have created four immersive retreats that allows you to take a step back from all the stresses and strains of your daily life in order to focus on your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. From coaching mastery, mindfulness and meditation, conscious living, and so much more, we offer a nurturing and truly experiential life-enriching environment where you'll reconnect, rediscover, and reaffirm who you are and what you want in your life. If you're interested in learning more, head to the fullcircleglobal.com website and click the Retreats tab. 
In the meantime, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life and see you soon.